Congregation, we've come to Lord's Day 47 of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 47. And there it's asked in the first question and answer, the only question and answer of Lord's Day 47, what is the first petition? Hallowed be your name, that is, Grant us, first of all, that we may rightly know you and sanctify, glorify, and praise you in all your works in which shine forth your almighty power, wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth. Grant us also that we may so direct our whole life, our thoughts, words, and actions, that your name is not blasphemed because of us, but always honored and praised. So far, our confession. Brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, boys and girls too, in Lord's Day 45, the first Lord's Day about prayer, we confess that we could ask God all things, all the things we need for body and soul, everything we need. What is our greatest need? What should be the first thing we ask for? What do we need most of all? I suspect that if you asked a number of people here, you'd get different needs at the top of the list. A person dealing with sickness might say improved health, for instance. Somebody dealing with sorrow in life might suggest more comfort is their number one need. Others dealing with financial issues might suggest more income would be very helpful as something that they need. However, when the Lord Jesus Christ taught the Lord's Prayer, he didn't put any of those things at the top of the list. No, the first thing he taught us to pray for is that God's name be hallowed. In other words, God's being and works be exalted as holy by us, as awesome. praised and magnified by us. The Lord Jesus put that first in his prayer because he wants the best for his people. And what's most important for our lives is that it has meaning that we have purpose in life. You can have good health and prosperity and all those things, but if your, your life doesn't have the right goal, then all those other things like health and wealth don't mean anything at all. You see, when God makes his covenant with us, he actually gives us a, a goal and a purpose for life. He promises us life and salvation in his son, and we're called to love him with our whole heart, soul, and mind, and with all our strength. The goal and purpose of our life then is that God is made great by us, that he is exalted by us in everything, in our lives, in both health and sickness, prosperity and adversity. Think of the first thing the Lord Jesus prayed in his high priestly prayer in John 17, when he was about to enter his most intense suffering. 
Father, glorify your name in everything that's going to happen to me now, he said. And that's what he taught us to ask for in the first place then too, that we glorify God's name always and in everything. And with that in mind, I preach to you the very first thing Christ teaches us to ask our Heavenly Father for in the Lord's Prayer is first, that we live in faith in him. Secondly, that we live according to his word. And thirdly, that we live to his glory. First, that we live in faith in him. The first petition, hallowed be your name, might seem more like a, um, actually, if you think about it, might seem more like a polite wish than a personal request. Something like, may your name be glorified. But there's no need for a polite wish as far as God is concerned. God will make sure that his name is always glorified. In the book of Kings, we're told how the giant Goliath profaned God's name. And for the sake of his name, God let the young shepherd David fell him with a single stone from his sling. And the whole Philistine army was routed. Oh, God will make sure his name is glorified. There's no need for us to ask him to do that for himself. But what we do need to ask for is that we may not be like Goliath and profane God's name. Otherwise, in the end, we'll end up like Goliath. That's the danger. That, that's our need in the first petition of the Lord's Prayer. That we give God's name due honor and praise on our part. And that's actually the whole purpose of our lives, isn't it? That's what man was created for in the beginning. The Westminster Confession has that in the, in the first article. The purpose of man is created to glorify God. Man was not created for himself for his own sake. God created man for his sake. To glorify him. To magnify him. That was man's purpose and task on earth. His reason for being here on earth is to subdue it and to fill it to the glory of holy and almighty God. After the fall, as you know, all that changed. Man wanted to live for himself, wanted to be God himself. God's glory was pushed aside as the real purpose of his life and the man wanted to seek his own honor and glory instead of God's. And the results of that are pretty obvious in the world today. Man seeks himself, his own honor today. However, God in his mercy has made his name known again in this fallen and darkened world. In the senselessness of man's existence after the fall, God made known the gospel of his salvation in Jesus Christ. He revealed that to man. And so there's liberation from that vanity, from that purposeless and senselessness of life. We can find our sense and goal of life again in Christ because of the promise of a savior that God again made his name known on earth. And when Jesus Christ came, he fully made the father's will known on earth again. The father's name made that known. By his cross, he connected us with God again. Through faith in him, 
in Christ, we can again begin to fulfill the purpose of our lives, which is to give God the glory that is due to him, that he has a right to. Through faith in Christ and his cross, we have purpose here in life. Our joy as well as our sorrow has meaning again. Our health as well as our sickness have purpose again. There's a reason for everything again. Strength as well as weakness have, have a reason. Everything is for the praise and glory of God's name. It's all so that in every place and in every circumstance, the name of God may receive honor and praise from us. And see, that's the need we ask help for in the first petition of the Lord's Prayer then. Hallowed be your name. That means, Grandfather, that not our own interests take over our lives so that we live for ourselves and our own honor, but that the glory of your name becomes our ultimate goal, our reason for living and for doing what we do. Congregation, we need to pray that, don't we? If you think about it, that's something we have to pray for. It's so easy for us to forget our real purpose in life. Because of our sinful nature, we have a hard time keeping our life focused on the service of God to his glory. It's so easy for us to become completely absorbed with the business of this life so that we end up basically living for ourselves. The world in which we live, the culture which surrounds us and which speaks to us every day in the media does not exist and work for the glory of God. No, people are encouraged instead to live for themselves or for humanistic causes, taking care of the environment, taking care of this world. It's all about you, it said. Secular society wants to keep religion out of politics and out of art and culture, and therefore becomes man-centered in everything. Living in a secular society like today makes it very difficult for, for believers to keep their hearts and their minds focused on the real purpose of their lives, the purpose of it all. We can so easily become absorbed by our own humanity's well-being here and now that we forget God made us and he gives us all we have and experience so that we can bring glory to his name. That's our reason for being here. Young people, for instance, what does your life center around? Maybe via the, the media and especially also the digital media of today. You know all about the latest songs and the celebrities and what goes on in their lives. Maybe you know all the latest details about your favorite sports team or sports stars. And yet, if you think about it, those things are all so fleeting. So much time is spent on those things and, and it's all here today and gone tomorrow. Who cares who won the Stanley Cup 50 years from now? But the name of the Lord your God endures forever. It is to be exalted above all things. And what do you really know about God and his deeds? 
Are you so full of him, what he did for you, that you want to live for him, that you want to sing about him, praise him in everything you do? His name? Oh, brothers and sisters, we all have to admit that we all fall pretty short in knowing our almighty and gracious God and living for his glory, remembering him. He created all things. He upholds the whole universe by his power every day again, every minute. And he has shown us his power, his wisdom, goodness, righteousness, mercy, and truth in his word, in particular in the cross of Jesus Christ. And we should be then just be bursting with the desire to, to know him, to honor him. To praise his name as we confess Lord's Day 47. Sanctify, glorify, and praise his name. Sanctify. That means to treat with the utmost reverence. To hold up as, as the greatest. Glorify means to boast of him to others. You want others to know him too. And the third word mentioned by the catechism comes into view then to praise him. If you're full of the knowledge, so full of the knowledge of, of God and you have faith in him, you'll also want to praise him with your mouth. Even with psalms in the night sings David. Like the writer of Psalms 42 and 43, we sang part of 43. He was in extreme difficulty. He was being hounded by enemies. They mocked his trust in God and still he sings, I will praise his name again and laud my helper and my God. See, that's all too often lacking in our lives as Christians yet, isn't it? We're pretty much involved with our own well-being and our health, our own health and our happiness and so on. That we don't really pay enough attention to the glory of our Father in heaven. And that's why our Savior gave himself for us and obtained the life-giving spirit for us and taught us to pray. The first petition of the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name. Father, so fill us with faith, with awe and wonder for you and your works that we don't even want to seek our own lives in the things of this world anymore, but that we seek it in you and in the glory and praise of your name, even when your hand presses down on us. We come to the second part of the sermon. In the first petition, the Lord Jesus Christ teaches us also to ask our Father that we learn to live according to his word then, because that's what glorifies him. It's clear I'm sure that in order to live for God and to praise and glorify him, we need to know him. That's also expressed in the first petition. The catechism paraphrases it this way at the beginning of the answer in Lord's Day 47. Grant us, first of all, that we might rightly, may rightly know you. How can we live for God, sanctify, glorify, and praise him if we don't rightly know him. Nowadays, there are people who say that all religions present knowledge of God, Islam, Buddhism, what have you. Ultimately, they all worship the same supreme being. And there are Christians who reason that way about different churches too. Every church has some knowledge of God, but none has the true knowledge. So it 
all basically comes down to worshiping God where you're made to feel as good as possible. Sadly, though, when you, you then end up worshiping God as you want him to be. And ultimately, you end up worshiping yourself. But God wants to be known and worshiped according to his word. Where the gospel is central, that's where you really come to know God rightly. And where you can praise him rightly then. So church is important in this petition. That's why our Belgian Confession speaks of joining the true church of Christ as an obligation. And withdrawing from it as a sin. And the true church is the church which, as it says, Article 29, governs itself in everything according to the pure word of God. But even as a member of Christ's church, it's sometimes hard for Christians to come to the right knowledge of God, isn't it? So easy for somebody to think, oh, God is so forgiving, I can, I'm pretty sure I can do this sin again and God won't be upset about this. I can just ask for forgiveness just in case he is. And then you realize God is made weak and permissive by that person. Who would want a God like that? Who would want to praise a God like that? But the opposite is also possible, namely that you see him as an angry God who is always watching out. If you're making a mistake and jumping on that, he, he enjoys punishing sinners. Then you're afraid of him all the time and you don't really want to praise him either. You see, what I want to say is you, you, it's easy to end up with a self-made God. With a homemade image of God in mind. You think God is like this or you figure he's like that. But then you don't really know God. And then you can't really serve and glorify him either. You need the right knowledge of God for that. That's so important, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, that, that we come to the right knowledge of God. And that comes from knowing his word, from God's revelation of himself. That's the only way he reveals himself ultimately to us. In general, in creation, but especially and specifically in his word. And so your devotions and your Bible study shouldn't be a matter of, well, we'll do it when we have time left. If that's the attitude, basically you don't have any time for reading the Bible at all. There are always other things to do, like work or relationships or the landscaping around the house. And you realize that knowing God is not just a matter of knowing with the head then either. It's knowing him with your head and your heart. And a lack of devotion shows you don't know the God of your salvation with your heart. Oh, our Savior knows our weaknesses so well. It's of utmost importance for our salvation that we continue to grow in knowing God and doing so from his word. That's why Jesus prayed in this high priestly prayer, John 17. And this is eternal life, that they know you. The only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. And you know that only from scripture. 
The true child of God is never satisfied then either with a stagnant knowledge of God from his word. I know what's in the Bible in general, and that's good enough. No, if you love him with your heart, you'll always want to grow in your knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ by digging into his word. And you'll never be finished knowing that word either. It's so deep. And you'll want to know your God and your Savior more and more from contact with the preaching of the gospel, too. In church, as well as the opening of the word at home. And when you know God well, the more you know him, the more you also will experience him in all kinds of ways in your life. And then you'll also want to glorify and praise him more, too. In all his works. Notice that it says in Lord's Day 47. Congregation praise him in all his works. All has. That little all has emphasis here. And that means praise God. Not only when you see his glory and majesty. And nature or his mercy and deliverance. But also. In disasters that happen on earth. Also when things don't go well for yourself. Is your life a song of praise to God in hard times too? Like Job, who lost everything. Everything he owned, as well as his children. All his children in one day. And he still said, The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Would you be able to say that? If you went through what Job had to go through there. Not easy to say that if you end up losing your job. Losing a child. Or finding out you have cancer. Or you're dealing with sexual abuse or so. There are so many questions. And, but those hard things are also openings. To give God the glory. Special glory even. And we can come to glorify God in our sufferings. If we also know Jesus Christ, who glorified him even as he was going to the cross, glorify me with the glory I had with you before the earth was made, he said. And that's why Christ taught us to pray in this first petition too, that we come to that blessing of our gracious God and that it, we accept his wisdom and righteousness even in suffering, that we say, praise be to God. We come to the third part of the sermon. In the first petition, Christ teaches us to ask the Father in heaven also that we live our whole life to his glory. We've already said a fair bit about the need to live to God's glory. I want to elaborate a bit on our need to live our whole life, every area of our life to his glory. God the Father, you see, isn't glorified by Sunday Christians. With children who talk piously and sing loudly in church on Sunday, but who are indistinguishable in their walk and talk from unbelievers during the week. He wants the songs of praise we sing here today in the liturgy to echo through our, throughout this whole week in our minds, hearts, lives. The praise of God needs to fill our whole lives 
our thoughts to begin with. If we think the same way the world does, then God's name is blasphemed because of us. You might not hear that, but Satan laughs and blasphemes God's name because of us. If we do not think of God, how easy we do that, think like the world, without taking God and his power and promises into account. When we, for instance, when we make plans, if we plan as if everything is in our own hands instead of in God's hands, our Father in heaven knows our thoughts, and to a certain extent, we can't keep them hidden from our neighbors and co-workers either. They come to know how we think about the issues of every day and how we speak about them. Do we glorify God with our thoughts, our way of thinking, that we say, the Lord willing, I will do this or that. That's why our words are mentioned in Lord's Day 47 too. Our other people listen carefully, more carefully than we often think, by the way. At what we say as Christians about life, about God, about church, and they, they especially want to hear, pay attention to the, the wrong words we say, our criticisms, our complaining, our cynicism, our talk about the rotten weather and things like that. Our words don't always honor God, right? That's also why Christ taught us to pray this petition. Now we honor God with our words. And last but not least, we confess Lord's Day 47, the need to honor and praise God in all our works. If our deeds, the way we act, goes against what God wants us to do, his name is blasphemed. And how we need the sanctifying work of Christ's spirit then too. Our deeds fall short of the glory of God so often, don't they? And our neighbors and fellow workers, they notice that. Our children notice it. They see what we do on Sundays, also during the week, at work, at home. They notice what we do during our holidays. And if we don't live according to our confession, God is blasphemed by others. They think, or they say, look, they're not much different from unbelievers. They do the same things. God doesn't make that much of a difference to their lives. And ultimately also, in the spiritual realm, Satan blasphemes God because of us, of the way we act, if we act contrary to his will. And God is more grieved by that than if unbelievers commit sin. Because he bought us with the precious blood of his son. Put his name on us. And therefore he has a right to expect us now to live for him too. Right? With our whole lives. Expect us to do things in our daily lives with him in mind and heart. And congregation, wouldn't that be our, our desire too then? If Christ is in us, but we all fall so short in that, don't we? You see, to praise God with our whole life is in fact, ultimately, our greatest need. The greatest need of all. But Jesus gave his blood 
to forgive us in our shortcomings in this. And he obtained for us the life-giving spirit so that we more and more might learn and want to be able to give God a glorifying life. And that's why he emphasized, too, in the prayer he taught us. When you pray, begin your requests with this petition. Hallowed be your name. With his blood, he bought for us the right to pray to our Father in heaven to help us with this greatest need. So let's make use of that prayer, that petition, every day. Make use of that right. Amen. Let's sing in response to the proclamation, congregation. Hymn 63, stanzas 1 and 2.